Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat podcast. Oddballs, welcome to the Odd and Offbeat podcast hosted by myself, Dr. Matthew Baker, and the lone wolf, Louis Fox. That's right. I'm like a top-notch terrorist. <laughs> You're always worried about the lone wolf scenario. Is that what the, what the uh, psychological breakdown of the terrorists are? That, oh, the hierarchy? Yeah. The, the, the well, food no, like, pyramid? No, the people that like gravitate towards doing destructive, like, you know, extremism, is they always say, they, he was a lone wolf. Well, that's what they're always worried about, because there's... N- the, the more people involved in a conspiracy, the easier it is for someone to slip up or in, it's easier to infiltrate. Yeah. You, like, you can't infiltrate one dude. Yeah, true. I mean, you can. I mean, you but, can. <laughs> that's more of a... Through Hallmark videos <laughs> and greeting cards. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's what reading Rainbow and, like, the O network is. It's just, it's just indoctrinating. Breaking down <laughs> potential terrorists. You know, I was going to go shoot that thing up, but then I saw that Hallmark movie about the gay couple at Christmas. <laughs> I saw that one Hallmark movie about that redneck who met the love of his life at the gun range. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to not shoot Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I, just, I shoot for love now. <laughs> Uh, so what you been up to, Louie? Not a whole lot. Kind of kicking it around, doing nothing. Uh, we did go on a little journey for a burrito the other day. Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, it was funny because Erica sent us out to get some food for her <laughs> because so that we weren't distracting her during a important meeting. Yes. And she was like, I'm open to anything, but get me a turkey sandwich and a salad. <laughs> She's like, okay. Yes. So we go to a place. So they had the menu on the door. But we hadn't confirmed it was open. Yeah. But they had turkey in Havarti. Well, it was weird because it was, it was like a coffee shop. And yep. it's like, how? why is there? Why is it dark and there's nobody inside of it? Mm-hmm. And so we decided not to go there. And we walked around all of Lower Queen Anne, which is like a very, you know, populated area of Seattle. Yep. And there was really nothing to yeah, eat. There, yeah, exactly. Well, there was, but there was, you know, not turkey sandwich and salads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we did, uh, Matt had a range of emotions. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he has his favorite bar in Seattle, Mm -hmm. the coolest bar in Seattle he sees is is boarded up. Yes, called the Mecca, and (laughs) we're looking at it, and there's this boarded up building, and I'm like... I was very upset. I was like, "They, the Mecca is gone. This is like an institution. This is like my favorite bar. This is like my favorite bar. I love this place. (laughs) Crying, I'm on my knees, like (laughs) swearing at the heavens. Yes. And then I point two doors down to where Cafe Mecca actually is. Still there. Still there. Big sign. (laughs) Giant neon sign. He was like, oh. (laughs) Did they extend this block? I had so many amazing nights over there. Not yeah, to. it was a it was a nice moment, Louie. Yeah, yeah. It, you know because because when I come back to Seattle, I get to see all these places I used to go, and then they're all like flower stores or like yeah. you know business down below, apartments up above, and yeah. it's like you know what we used to do in our twenties and thirties aren't there anymore. Correct. I used to hang out at a bowling alley's bar. Yeah, and the bowling alley doesn't exist anymore. <sighs> 
It's brutal. So sad. So yeah, but we ended up going on a long hike. <laughs> Erica's like, oh, there's this burrito place that's 0.3 miles away. I'm like, great, let's walk. But hey, but then I said, is that as the crow flies or on foot? And she goes, as the crow flies. And it ended up being one and a half mile walk. <laughs> We got our cardio in. <laughs> because we had to go down under a freeway that you can't pass. We had yep. to, like, take a rowboat across Lake Union. I mean, I, my heart rate was up enough. I did some burpees in the middle of the walk just to <laughs> it was brutal. not waste the cardio. And then, then there was, like, the amount of people that stopped and were like, you guys look like you're lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, going through construction zones. <laughs> Matt looks at this building under construction, and he's like, man, it must be rough to spend, like, a year building a, a building from scratch and then just have to move to a new one. I'm like, it's not one dude start to finish building the building. I don't know. This Seems one. to be the same guys. <laughs> they all dress the they same. They all dress the same. They got the same hats. They all seem to have beards. Can you imagine? Like, you're just one dude building the building. <laughs> start to finish. Oh, well, and it's been good to be able to record in person, and yep. which uh, reminds me, since we are recording in person, we want to remind you that you can contribute to our Patreon, folks. We mm -hmm. have a Patreon page. What it is is you can donate a little bit of money every month, as little as $2 to our podcast. And you can get things like postcards from the road. You get might get a burrito punch card. Yeah, you might get uh, you might get to go on a long walk to find a turkey sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you also get an extra once-a-month special Patreon on and off beat podcast episode yes. just for you. It does help us out quite a bit since we now live in separate places. We are having to commute long. Mm -hmm. That's a long ass commute, man. Yeah. So it does help us out. And if you can do so, it would be greatly appreciated. We would love you forever. Yes. And uh, that, so that's it for our little plug. You want to get to the stories, Louie? Let's do it. All right. And now for some weird news. This story comes from WGNRadio.com. That's a news source more reliable than me teaching my Nana to compost. You don't think you could teach your Nana how to compost? No. Everything just gets burned. <laughs> Mostly because she's dead. <laughs> well, I'm Louis, just, that... I'm just yelling at her grave. <laughs> That's like God a salad. <laughs> you haven't composted. I taught you three different times. It goes uh, in the green bin. Louie, that goes into this story that we're talking about. And this is kind of like an addendum to a story that we had done in episode 56. That's right. It's kind of, it is an addendum. It's an, <laughs> Well, no, it's not specific. It's sort of a continuation of a, a similar story. It's part two because it deals with the same people. Is it the same people? I'm yeah. Wondering. I didn't go back. And, I'm very lazy. I didn't go back and actually listen to it. I just knew that we did something similar. So I have it, a podcastographic memory. <laughs> Humans now being legally composted in Washington. Three facilities are currently licensed to perform natural organic reduction. Yeah. That's, that's not just a cooking style. <laughs> How do you saute your onions? Natural organic reduction. <laughs> With my, my great grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's not pepper in there. <laughs> I would like some great-grandfather drizzled on my salad. Walt Patrick slowly rolls a giant wooden spool-shaped cradle back and forth. Inside, a human body is gradually being turned into compost. This is like an 
Amish, like, <laughs> thrill ride. Well, kind of, right? One of the first licensed natural organic reductions to be performed in the entire country. I wonder if that's like being, you know, the, the Buzz Aldrin of dead people. I think that's a little sort of uh, presumptuous to think that it's the first time that it's happened. I mean, think of serial killers. You think of people before, like in the 1700s. Yeah, know. no, no, no Native Americans. No, I mean, oh, yeah, that. I mean, I mean <laughs> no even, indigenous, yeah, people. indigenous people. Like what? You know, I would imagine that they were doing no, this. They, they were building concrete crypts <laughs> till 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 the till the Pretty till much. the white man came <laughs> over and taught them how yeah, to exactly. just leave a body under exactly. a tree. This is a, this is simply another option at a time when people feel they have no options. Patrick said, "You know, death has intervened and changed your life forever. How can you do something at least to make it the way you want?" That death always butts his head, butts in where he doesn't belong. That was a very unusual sort of statement. It's like, what? How are people out of options? There's lots of ways to deal with death. Yeah, right. Cremation. You could do the Hunter S. Thompson thing. Shot out of the cannon. You can shoot them into space. Yeah. You could drop them in a body bag in the ocean with some <laughs> cement weights. Yeah, I think the way, like, if I, I would have to have someone simulate my murder after I'm already dead, though. So, yeah. like, my, just my body parts start washing up on Vancouver Island. Yeah. Patrick is the senior steward at Herland Forest, a natural burial cemetery and nonprofit research center located north of the Columbia River Gorge in Klickitat County. Natural Organic Reduction, or NOR, has given them a second way to return bodies to the land. I like how it's a lot more complex than the first way as well. It is, and we watched a little video on how it's done. It is a little bit uh, labor-intensive, but it is, uh, it's good. It's good for the... Good for the soul <laughs> uh, of the person of the who, person's family who died. Dirt. <laughs> hey, I'm calling you just to make sure that you turned my dad today. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want him to get compost sores. <laughs> In 2019, Governor Jay Inslee signed legislation making Washington the first state to approve composting as an alternative to burying or cremating human remains. Advocates say composting is a greener alternative to cremation because it uses less energy. It's also the only legal way for Washingtonians to be laid to rest on their own property, albeit in the form of mulch. I wonder if you have to disclose that when you sell your house. So like, you're like, oh, by the way, that's my mom's garden back there. And they're like, oh, like, no, that's that's actually my, my mom. mom's. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom, my son, my daughter, now, my husband. Would it be creepy eating like tomatoes that knew you knew grew out of your mom? It would be delicious. But then like throwing fertilizer and you're like, am I fertilizing mom? Mom, how do you feel about meeting uh, <laughs> a new guy? Because <laughs> this is my friend's dad. <laughs> and they don't have a place to put him. <laughs> Uh, are you okay with that? Is dad going to be upset? The new law took effect in 2020. It took a while to get the program running, though. There are three facilities in Washington licensed to perform natural organic reduction. Herland Forest and Seattle-based Recompose both received their first bodies in December, while Return Home out of Auburn expects to open later this year. See, I like Herland Forest. I like Return Home. The Recompose sounds like way too corporate for me. Really? Yeah, that's like the fake. That's the that's the Skynet of. Yeah, I mean that's the uh, hemp hoodie you buy in Mexico at the tourist place uh -huh. versus one that was actually made by a hippie. Oh yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. You can't, and heaven forbid there'd be Mexican hippies. Yeah, no, there's none I know of. <laughs> 
Uh, my question is, is when they re- receive their first bodies in December, do they put those on the wall? Like, you know, your first dollar bill? <laughs> <laughs> Of dirt on the wall. Is there, you know, is there like a ribbon cutting ceremony or something? Patrick calls the process of placing someone's remains in the Nor vessel an investment and says it could take several weeks until the composting process is complete. So, how does it work? The body is placed in the Nor cradle along with 200 gallons of wood chips. Facilitators add a mix of bacteria, protozoa, and fungi to speed up the reduction process. Oxygen is repeatedly added to the cradle to keep it in the 145 to 155 degree range. Patrick also has solar panels hooked up to add extra heat. The cradle is periodically tumbled to help disperse oxygen throughout the chamber. It's kind of like your last scuba dive is what's happening. It's what it sounds like with all this oxygen. Well, if there there is a video that accompanies it and it looks like it's just like a wooden sort of it looks like what you might sleep in in like a the back of a camper, like you uh-huh. know, like a hippie, you know, an old F150 truck and then they like made some wooden they built enclosure on yeah. the back of it. It looks like that. So, humans tend to have a lot of unnatural materials in their bodies. Though, like dental fillings, screws, and pacemakers. And Slim Jims. That all has to be filtered out after the bulk of decomposition is done, Patrick said. They also crumble up the bones to release the phosphorus. I like that they are pulling out the metal stuff. Can you imagine you're like gardening? You're like, oh, all these rocks. Oh, filling. (laughs) Well, what are they going to do with the metal? I was like, I hope that they would like melt them down and like make a ring out of it. Well, so they offer in, in a longer article I read, they offer it back to you. And if not, they recycle it. Oh, like you can get their hip. Yeah. Why? We got to get on that. <laughs> okay. One of us has to die, but first one of us needs a metal. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to go to the next of kin. I bet they, they got like an eBay site or something. It's like, oh, that's, this is all this, hustle. <laughs> that's where they make the real money. <laughs> They're selling it down. And then that, you know, you weld it and make, you know, silver bars out of it or something. Yeah. Right. And there you go. That's what my treasure What's dad's fortune? My 401k is in hips. <laughs> After that, Patrick said they have four 55-gallon drums full of usable compost. The family can take all of it or donate a portion to Herland Forest, where it will be used to help grow new trees in the cemetery. Herland Forest doesn't have any more investments lined up just yet, but Patrick isn't worried. His goal is to just give people another option. So Herland Forest is also, it's a natural burial place. So pretty much what you do is when grandpa's about ready to go, you take him in the car there. You just push him into the woods. Oh, is that how it works? (laughs) He wanders down. (laughs) And he falls in the mass grave. (laughs) He He dies over time. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to crawl out. Exactly. Starvation. (laughs) Push him over the edge. We're in the cemetery business, so your customers are deciding what it is they want, he said. That's why we just built the one unit, because we don't know what kind of interest people would have in it, and we didn't want to commit a huge amount of resources to a path that may or may not be well accepted. The folks at Herland Forest may build more Nor cradles if there's enough demand, which the early hype around Seattle's recompose suggests there might be. A spokesperson for recompose told Nexstar's coin they've started the process with eight bodies so far and have 420 pre-compose members who have paid in advance for their future death care. Can you imagine you prepay to get turned to dirt and then like they go out of business? Oh, yeah. And then you're like, uh... Well, it's like the people who will go out of business who are, like, cryogenically freezing mm-hmm. people. And then, like, oh, we've, we can't afford the electricity bill anymore. Peace out, everybody that prepaid yeah. our... You know? It's crazy. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, they have 400... I love how they call them pre-compost. Uh-huh. 
That would weird me out if I was filling out the paperwork and they keep calling me pre-compose. Yeah. So what do you think about this, Louie? So you're going to end up in a weird situation with people's homes with historic dirt. Oh, you think so? Yeah. So there's a place I worked in Arizona, a fairgrounds, and there was this whole big issue. They wanted to redo the rodeo arena, mm-hmm. but it had historic dirt. Uh-huh. So they couldn't because they would lose the... Is it all dirt historic? You would think, right? Like, it's funny because it was like in 1925, a famous rodeo guy rode on the on his horse on the dirt. Uh-huh. And they're like, this is historic dirt. We can never chase. It's like the person in high school who like high fives Justin Bieber. And they're like, I can never wash this hand again. Yeah. Same thing with the dirt. Well, that's, but that's the thing is you can still bottle up that dirt and have it in a jar somewhere and be like, look at this historic dirt. They yeah. had the famous cowboy guy. I don't know why you couldn't just scrape it all up put it in something and then put it back down. Yeah, but that's what they did with like Yankee Stadium when they tore down Yankee Stadium. They sold the infield dirt. Yeah. And it's like that's not the infield dirt that they used in 1910. <laughs> yeah. But they were still selling that's it from like, Lowe's. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's the thing is like dirt is dirt. It's been been around forever. And uh yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit complicated when it's like you know, the a tree grows out of that dirt and, and then it's like, "Oh, we're going to chop this tree down. It's like, you can't. That's my brother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think you're going to have situations like that. There's some weird legal stuff when properties start changing hands. Yeah. Like your family plot is like, you know, a flower pot in your, <laughs> yeah. in your window. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make an urn garden with Nana's ashes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I'm fine composting. I don't mind. I like the having something, though, fi- more physical as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, earth. Like, yep. I like the idea of, like, a ring yeah. or, like, you know, me on display, <laughs> mummified somewhere, you so know, like, You Mao. can't see Matt, but he's got his hands up like <laughs> like the bear on the Alaska license Yeah, plate. I want to be like Lennon, man. I just want to be, like, you know, still look like I'm just sleeping. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of cool. I I'm, it's cool. These people seem like they just want they want to help people and they want to give people options. Well, and I like that. So in another article I read, they were talking about pricing. This is about fifty five hundred bucks. Fifty five hundred bucks, which is like a mid range funeral. Uh huh. So How much is a coffin? They can be a lot. Really? Yeah. yeah. So it said the range of a funeral is like two thousand to. $10,000 for really? the average. I mean, obviously if you're going to hire boys to men to send you on your way, it's going to be a couple bucks yeah. more. Right. Boys and men, we want you to sing. Okay. What song? Well, it's a funeral. Okay. We'll do. I'll make love to you. <laughs> Motown, like you Philly. Motown Philly back again. <laughs> oh, you want it so hard to say goodbye? 10 grand more. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot more. Jeez. Yeah. I was like the coffin. It's like, they're like, oh, this coffin's $5,000. It's like, He's dead. How much was it for the the box that the coffin yeah, came in? Yeah, the cardboard. In? You're just going to throw dirt on that $20,000 coffin. <laughs> I think there's a thing, though, where you can rent a display coffin. I think that's a thing. And then they, just, they drop them in the... And then they put you in the in the cheaper oh, coffin yeah, yeah. to bury you. Gotcha. Yeah, that's probably how I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. I like that people are having options, and I like that people... They have 420 pre-composed people. Yeah. Right? 420, bro. <laughs> I love it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like you, they send you like a little kit when you're about to die. They're like, okay, we need you to drink this and yeah. put this on your skin. <laughs> you need to stop. You need to go all organic for the last month of your we life. Need you to put the shampoo on. <laughs> all right. I like it. Yep.
This story comes from wavy.com. That's a news source more reliable than finding a giant worm layer in my Shih Tzu. <laughs> in your Shih Tzu? My dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they told us she was a Shih Tzu poodle, um, but we think she's a Lhasa Apsa, so bit of a fib there. You get poo and shit in the same dog. <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right, so this story goes, a massive worm's lair has been discovered underground in Taiwan. I'm shocked in Taiwan. Of all the people I know that have gotten worms, none from Taiwan. <laughs> do you know any humans that have gotten worms before? I feel like I do. I feel like my brothers had worms. <laughs> as an adult, not as a kid. That's gross. <laughs> the 20 million year old burrow was recently discovered by scientists who published their findings Thursday in the journal Scientific Reports. So I don't know how big you're like, hey, look, I found this cave that's 20 million years old versus finding the actual worm. Like, I don't know. Wait, say that again? So they found a fossil, like a fossilized worm tunnel versus an actual worm oh, tunnel. Oh, I thought they did find the actual worm. No. Oh, okay, gotcha. The so-called Bobbit worm, named for the John and Lorena Bobbit case in which the latter cut off her then-husband's penis with a kitchen knife, could grow to three meters long or about nine feet. Are they talking about the worm or John Wayne Bobbit's yeah, wiener? I, yes, I think they're talking about the worm. <laughs> But I think that is, uh, why would they name something that's 20 million years old after somebody who was acquitted on rape charges 25 years ago? This is what happens when you let a frat bro get a degree. Yeah, right? And that, <laughs> why would they name it John Bobby? Why wouldn't they name it, if it can grow up to nine feet, like Wilt Chamberlain worm? <laughs> the shaft worm. <laughs> shaft <laughs> have you seen the shaft worm shaft that's what we discovered whereas like if you say the shaft worm at least like you get the implication but it's doesn't it could also just sounds like a it could be a name for an animal yeah right? as opposed to this is the john bobbit worm yes right i um, do love though that that's what it's called okay the giant worm had terrifying feeding habits according to the article they hide in their burrows until they explode Upwards, grabbing unsuspecting prey with a snap of their powerful jaws before dragging their prey down into the earth. Total knockoff of the sandpit scene in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, right? Classic Lorena Bobbitt. Classic. <laughs> she hides in the sand and explodes. <laughs> Ludwig Lomark, a sedimentologist at National Taiwan University. Sounds like a Taiwanese name. I think so. And study co-author told Wired that he believes the newly discovered fossil shows how invertebrates like worms were feeding on vertebrates. Do you wonder if Taiwanese scientists are like, all these darn Austrians coming in, taking our jobs and discoveries. <laughs> I could have named that whatever the wiener cutting off scenario in Taiwan is named. <laughs> Typically, what we find in the sedimentary record is animals that are moving through the sediment. He continued, but this is a record of a much more active behavior. The worms were actually hiding in the sediment, jumping out, catching their prey, and then dragging the prey down into the sediment. I like how they're like, Normally, we just find tracks of things. Now, we just found tracks of things dragging stuff with them. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's a track. Right. The particular fossil shows the worm was only two meters long. Scientists believe it fed on fish, bivalves, a class of freshwater mollusks, and other segmented worms. I don't never understand how they can guess how big something can be that's never been discovered before. Well, I mean, can't you... Maybe they only burrow the, their body length, right? Yeah. But so they, if it's burrowed to be eight meters, you well, this assume one, that the worm is around eight meters. Well, this one was the one they found was two meters, but they're like, it could be three. Like as long as you're throwing <laughs> crap out, like could be 17 they were also meters. Yeah. <laughs> Researchers described 319 burrows 
preserved in the sandstone of Yahello Geopark, an area outside New Taipei City, suggesting that the bobbit worm may have been widespread 20 million years ago. Wow. I mean, as good 20 million years ago, I at nine feet, like I wouldn't want to be snorkeling and have this thing jump out at me. Yeah. They are impressive animals, he said. You don't necessarily want to snorkel too close if you find one, just like what you said. Stolen from the article, Louie. (laughs) So what do you think? I like that some dude named it the Bobbit Worm. I enjoy that. And that's about all I like about this article. That's it? Yeah, everything else feels... uh... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that they discovered this particular worm they didn't know existed. They found a huge... That's kind of exciting, but to also name it after John Bobbit, who was, you know, a rapist, a sodomizer, and... Was uh, he? Yeah. Okay. That's why she cut off his penis, because she accused him of raping, beating, and sodomizing her for a number of years. All right. And that's why she did it. Yeah. Well, I guess they named after both of them, so it was a... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're still together or not. No, I don't think they are. Yeah. I think that pretty much is your divorce, is when you cut off <laughs> any part of the other person. Hey, if anything, if they think of it, they got back together, that's hope for any couple. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, it'd be the the movie would be the reality show would be the Bobbits back together. Yeah, there you go. I'm surprised that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, for for the TVs <laughs> back together again. <laughs> All right, it's what it is. <laughs> Hey, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank you so much for listening. Hope everything is going well in your life. Where can the fine people see Louis Fox this week? On the 19th, you can catch me um, doing a fundraiser that's going to be in person at the Grant County Fairgrounds in Oregon. Yeah, you're doing it in the same area where those guys, the militia, took over the wildlife refuge in yeah. Oregon. Which is weird. Like, of all the places I would take over, I would take over a closed wildlife refuge. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey. <laughs> You know, you want easy pickings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, person died during that, too. Yeah, man. I don't know. I've, I've occupied stuff before. Yeah. Mostly with, you, with your militia. Mostly restroom stalls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not leaving until I get equal rights. I'm not leaving until, until you give me some more TV. Until you recognize me as a sovereign nation. <laughs> yes. Now, where can they catch you this week? Uh, No, I'm not going to be anywhere. I'm just going to be hanging out in Eugene, Oregon. Hopefully, you, hanging out with you, you're going to come over after your uh, militia appearance. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, your militia meet and greet. (laughs) After you get your uh, CO2, your C2, what is it, C2? My C4. C4, Your C4 permit or whatever it is. How come no one uses, like, C2? I don't know. What happened to C5? (laughs) They just like, C4 is perfect. We're going to stop right here. Yeah, nailed it. (laughs) That stuff's the bomb. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'll be hanging out with you. We'll be doing some more recording, and you're going to be helping me with a virtual show, which will be uh, the next week. Yes. So you're going to hang out for, you're going to do some time on the farm. Yeah. You can help me with the barn, man. (laughs) It's exciting. Uh, So other than that, folks, you can check us out at oddandoffbeat.com. You can send us an email, info at oddandoffbeat.com. If you have any uh, pressing weirdness you want to talk about, we are here for you. Yes, and we need stories. (laughs) If you find something that uh, you've come across that you want us to talk about, we will happily do so. That's info at oddandoffbeat.com. Other than that, folks, I want to thank you again for listening. Hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Odd and Offbeat podcast. Stay weird.